This is Bragging Rights, a show all about college football, where the conversations are lively, the topics are trivial, and the hosts are semi-knowledgeable. And now, here are your hosts, Madison and Pierce. Welcome in to another edition of Bragging Rights Week 6 Preview Hey, uh, don't think too fast, but if your uh, team has not had a bye week, this officially will mark the halfway point of the regular season. I'm not ready for it to end, but we still have a whole other back half to go, and I think we may be primed for some chaos, at least in the mid to lower tiers. Uh, before we get into our week six preview, let me introduce my co-host. I'm Madison, and I'm joined as always by brother Pierce. Pierce, how are you? Doing well. Excited to get into another week. Um, you know, I was looking through the, the slate today and, and yesterday and um, certainly, uh, uh, you know, coming off of last week, it, a little deflating to see a uh, uh, less than, uh, you know, loaded schedule, I would say, or loaded week um, as far as the card and the docket and what we have on Saturday. Uh, but looking forward to some of the games too. You know, you still have some heavy hitters. Um, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're, the playoff picture is gonna, you know, take form even more so this week. Uh, but I will say, I think I hinted on this last week. Man, it's. Uh, I mean, we're we're just about halfway through with this season, so um, things are picking up fast. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it is going to start. It already has a little bit, uh, you know, we kind of saw that after the first couple weeks, but this is when you'll really start to see, uh, you know, the, the pack start to separate itself, uh, the, the, the elites, if you will. Uh, now, that's not to say that anything couldn't happen. I mean, any, anything could happen, but you've got two really big games uh, this weekend that will help determine what the landscape's going to look like, and we'll, of course, break that all down and, and dissect when playoffs start really coming into um into effect. We are probably one of the podcasts who talks about and teases us most uh, than any other ones. I know a lot of sports writers and stuff like that, as much as they're the reason we even have rankings, also get really annoyed to do rankings and everything this early. But, you know, it's just it's it's what separates college football from pro football in the sense that you could be a pro football team right now that doesn't look great. I mean, look at the Bucks last year, and they ended up winning the Super Bowl. Whereas with college football, every single week really matters. So it's hard to not have the playoff uh, and the implications of each game looming really presently in your mind, which is why we love to talk about it. And uh, like I said, there's going to be a couple games that will kind of determine what the college football landscape is going to look like. Um, and, and notice I'm saying landscape, not even playoffs, because it, it is truly going to determine what the landscape even looks like uh, throughout the country. Uh, let's start off here with the first one that will really determine that Pierce. And that's the number six Oklahoma Sooners and the number 21 Texas Longhorns in the annual Red River rivalry, Red River shootout, Red River showdown, whatever adjective you want to use or uh, uh, noun you want to use for this rather. Um, the spread is Texas plus three and a half. Obviously this game is played in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, so you've got a neutral site situation for both of these teams, uh, kind of splitting the difference between the two of them. Uh, three and a half points, like I said, neither of these teams have looked super strong, although Oklahoma is undefeated. They don't really have something that you can point to and say that right there shows how good of a team they are. Spencer Rattler has kind of been shaky. Uh, he's not lived up to his preseason Heisman hype that we thought he might have. And on the other hand, uh, while Texas has uh, one loss to Arkansas, they've looked okay in some of their other games, although nothing to write home about either. 
you know, your head wants to go, obviously, the favorite in this one, Pierce. Um, but I think the smarter play is Texas. I think that Texas is going to keep this one close. I would not be shocked, Pierce, if Texas doesn't win this one outright. I just haven't seen anything from Oklahoma to determine that they are the kind of team to go in here and, and take care of a, a huge, their biggest rival. Uh, so I'm going to go Texas in this one for a lot of reasons. Uh, and I think you hang your hat on, uh, on Bijan Robinson being the player of the game in this one, if Texas is to get it done. And obviously we know Sarkeesian's one of the best offensive minds uh, versus another great offensive mind with Lincoln Riley. So it should potentially, it could potentially be a shootout. It could also potentially be pretty dang ugly with two iffy, uh, teams at best right now. Uh, what are your thoughts here on this one? Like I said, I'm going Texas. I would love to hear what you're going to do as the resident Big 12 guy. I got to admit, um, this is one of those games that I've just I've dug too deep, uh, and I am I am lost in the sauce uh, when it comes to this game because gut immediately went, oh man, I just I love Texas in this spot. They've been humming ever since the Arkansas game. They have uh, it seemingly settled on their quarterback position. Uh, which they've really has been their issue, um, you know, in years past. And then, you know, I, I look at it from a from a from a betting perspective, and I just think to myself, "Oh my gosh, everything is screaming Oklahoma here." Heavy public on Texas. The line is not moving. There's sharp action on Oklahoma side. Um, so, you know, certainly would love to see this at three for Oklahoma, uh, and would be a little bit more enticed. But this is one of those games that's very. I mean, it's a shootout for a reason. I mean, literally, the name's in the rivalry, the name of the rivalry. So, um, or used to be. I don't think you're supposed to say shootout Not anymore. Not anymore. speaking, but yeah, which is a load of BS. Um, but this is probably going to be a wild and wacky game, and that's usually what happens in this game, in this rivalry. Um, you know, I... Gosh, my my gut wants to say, or my, my, my brain wants to go with Oklahoma, but I am going to go Texas. Listen, I know they lost to Arkansas, and I think a lot of people saw last week and kind of maybe came to the realization that oh, maybe Arkansas is not all that great. You know, I'm not better than most people expected, but not elite. Um, and Texas got flat out whooped by them. They just plain and simple. And then last week, yes, they beat a TCU team, which I thought was a pretty big win for them. And, and you know, there was a lot of mistakes on, on Texas' side, but more so on TCU that kind of gave Texas that game. Two drop picks. Um, you know, dropping pass, like doing dumb things, self-inflicted wounds, not, not, not necessarily fumbling because Texas made a good play or doing, it was just boneheaded mistakes on TCU's part that clearly cost them the game. So I'm going to go Texas here simply because of the point, simply because, listen, I think, like I said, it's going to be a chaotic, crazy, it probably be high scoring. It went to overtime last year. If I, if I remember correctly, it's usually pretty close and comes down to the wire Getting the three and a half, I will take Texas simply because they are getting uh, more than a field goal. If this were, you know, a straight up pick them, I, I, I'd, I'd be more inclined to go Oklahoma. But give me the Longhorns plus three and a half. Did it go to overtime last year? Of course, that's when we got. No, was it last year or the year before? No, it was last year. They had fans at this game last year. Some, I think they yeah, were socially some. distanced, but they had fans. That's when we got, I think, I could be wrong. I think that's when we got the unbelievably gorgeous uh, picture that is is just burned in, in football um, fans' memories of the co-ed flipping off the camera after they uh, lost in overtime. You remember that? That was uh, anytime maybe. that somebody. I, I do caught, know that picture. I do know that picture. Um, anytime, I actually, 
I think of middle fingers. I think of the Tennessee Bama picture, um, but I do you know the throw, picture you're referring. There to. was one in Wisconsin this weekend. Anytime you get somebody flipping off uh, the camera at a game, it's just so beautiful. I love it so much. It's just fans at their best. I'm not gonna lie. It might have been. I've, I might have been that person before at times. I've never been caught on camera. Thank God I do have a job to uh, to keep. All right. Well, let's talk about another pretty intriguing matchup. While this not isn't necessarily uh, going to dictate a ton anymore because these two teams are out of the SEC race, it will kind of determine, one, what happens after they both were embarrassed last weekend. And I think it tells you a lot about maybe where Alabama and Georgia stand. I realize we throw out the transient property in uh, college football, in all sports, really, honestly, but um, you know, you can't help but compare what happens here this weekend between Arkansas and Ole Miss. Uh, Arkansas coming into this game, they dropped down to number 13 in the nation. Ole Miss is number 17 in the nation. Uh, this game is also at 12 uh, Eastern time. That last one that I already mentioned uh, was, or uh, the Texas-Oklahoma game is also at 12 Eastern time. Um, so here's the situation. Ole Miss obviously had uh, the really awkward um Lane Kiffin telling the camera, get your popcorn ready, try to throw his headset, uh, and then they get embarrassed. Arkansas got probably a little bit of mercy from uh, Georgia, Kirby Smart in Georgia. They didn't obviously have JT Daniels and stuff like that. Uh, we're not here to talk about Georgia, but my point is it could have been a lot uglier with what happened to Arkansas. Um, I think with it being in Vaught-Hemingway, I think that helps Ole Miss a lot. They're going to be giving five and a half points, with which – is a, is a fair amount for a defense that's been very good with Barry Odom, um, and and he certainly knows how to scheme things up. But I just think Ole Miss is coming in more embarrassed than Arkansas. I think that they're the more talented team if they're firing on all cylinders. Now, they're going to let Arkansas move the ball a fair amount. Uh, you know, it's it, it, you're going to see some points in this one, I believe. I just think that ultimately um, the emotion – behind what happened last weekend weighs heavier on Ole Miss. So this is a, totally a heart pick for me. Um, I would love for nothing more than Arkansas to go out and blow out Ole Miss in this one. I just don't see it happening because of the emotions that both of these teams are carrying in. I think Ole Miss is more fired up. They come back in front of their fans, and Lane Kiffin's going to show no mercy. So I'm going to go Ole Miss this, in this one, and I think that it's going to be closer to a to a 10-point game, uh, quite honestly. I really think that uh, if you look at it and you really kind of dissect it, Arkansas has gotten pretty lucky on offense. So I don't know if they can keep up with Ole Miss, um, who's going to be, I think, scoring early and often. So uh, give me Ole Miss in this one, minus the five and a half at home. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I uh, when this first when I first saw this line come out on uh, on on Monday, I, you know, I, I will admit my my gut went Arkansas. I just I still think. You know they they went into they ran into a buzzsaw last week. Simply simple as that. And I think that their line of scrimmage play is probably more consistent and going to be certainly better than Ole Miss. Um, and so I like I like Arkansas to be able to move the ball and do things offensively. Now, will uh, will will Jefferson's knee be uh, you know any any better? Because uh, clearly he he couldn't run, and I think he almost didn't really want to run. I think he could have, but he didn't want to run last week. Um, you know, so I think that'll be there for him this week. Got to take advantage of it. Got to hope he's healthy. I think they'll hit some big plays offensively. Uh, you know, Ole Miss's defense is nothing to write home about. But on the flip side, at the end of the day, I can't go against what Ole Miss does on offense. Now, one thing to remember last year, this was the game where um, Corral threw, I think, six picks against Arkansas last year in this game. And Arkansas did beat Ole Miss. Now, it was at home. But 
maybe that three, two, six, three, three, five defense that they run is a little bit better for the pass happy offense uh, that Ole Miss tends to run. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. But I, I, I gotta, I gotta assume at home. Um, they will be inspired and motivated, certainly after getting embarrassed last year against this Arkansas team. I just like Ole Miss to be able to put up more points at the end of the day than this Arkansas squad. So give me Ole Miss. I have them at six. It's five and a half. It's moved to five and a half. I originally, when I texted you, we locked it in at six. So we will actually move it back to six. So that's going to be uh, okay. minus six. Okay. I don't know if that changes anything for you. No, um, no, no. Just wanted to just wanted to clarify. Yeah, just so to peel a layer back behind the onion, I uh, I sit in at my lunch break and I text Pierce Day of what the line is, and and it'll change by a point, half a point to a point sometimes. Uh, so we are going to go with six on that one. Um, I got a line that I was just baffled by Pierce. I never, I, I knew Georgia was going to be pretty good this year, uh, if not really good. Um, but I would, I don't know when we've ever been this big of uh, favorites on the road in Jordan Hare. The number two Georgia Bulldogs and the number 18 Auburn Tigers. That game is at 3.30 Eastern time on CBS. And Auburn is the home dog. 15 and a half points is what we are picking it at. Like I said, I don't know of any time where Georgia's been this favored over Auburn. This is a huge rivalry um, for both of these teams. This is a rivalry that if you're not in the fan bases, kind of gets lost. Obviously, you have the Iron Bowl with Auburn. With Georgia, you've got Florida. Um, But this is the Deep South's oldest rivalry for a reason. These two teams hate each other. You have to remember about the geography of where Auburn is. It's right there on the Georgia line. They compete with each other for those West Georgia recruits. Kirby Smart played at Georgia uh, and absolutely remembers those days having to play Auburn and does not like them. Uh, And he has coached against them now both at Alabama and now flipping over to Georgia. And he has been – this is when you typically see the most fired up Kirby. Um, So here's the thing. Bo Nix looked good last week, right? He got benched the week before for TJ Finley. He looked good last week, and that was on the road, and we know that road Bo Nix is different than than home Bo Nix. And I do think that Auburn's got a little bit of Auburn Jesus going on. I just can't bet against this Georgia defense. I think there's a very real possibility, Pierce, that you're looking at Auburn having to settle for a couple of field goals and those being the only points they put up. It scares me a little bit for Georgia to to go into this likely not having JT Daniels. I would not expect you uh, to see JT Daniels until the Florida game because why would you risk it? Um, and quite frankly, that that game matters just a little bit more. Uh, and, and you have the potential to to get into a shootout with Florida versus versus this Auburn team. You're not really going to do that. Um, I think that the reason Bo Nix got lucky last week, and I say lucky, he played well. So so he did play well. He had all day. And if you watch the way he scrambled, Pierce, it, it, they, I've been watching, you know, kind of on some of the highlights and stuff, and they do the whole where they draw the line and show where all he scrambled. He had all day to work, run around. That Georgia defense is not going to give him that time. He is going to get swallowed up, and they're going to really put him back on his heels, and he's going to get exposed again for the umpteenth time. Um, I'm going to go Georgia in this one. I like Georgia minus the points all day long. And like I said, I wouldn't even be surprised if Auburn doesn't even put up a single offensive point. So uh, I'm going to go Georgia all day on the road. And it's going to be probably the most boring uh, of this rivalry, addition of this rivalry that you've probably ever seen. Wow. I, uh, I, I couldn't disagree more. I am nervous as hell. Not, not nervous as hell for, a potential loss. That's not the right way to say it. 
I just you, you see wacky stuff going on in Jordan here, and you got a wacky quarterback that is able to extend plays, especially when the people are in his face and get out of the pocket and create something crazy. Um, now, do I think that's going to be going to happen? And do I think he can do it consistent consistently enough to you know beat this Georgia team? No. But at the end of the day, I don't think JT Daniels is going to be playing this weekend. It's going to be Stetson. We're going to be running the ball, run, 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 run. And, uh, you know, the occasional pass, my, my, my biggest fear is there might be a pick or might be, uh, you know, some adversity. Listen, it's our first road game. 50% of this Georgia team hasn't had a, has, hasn't had a true road game yet. You know, they had Vandy. Okay, whatever. They had Charlotte, and it was 50-50. This is going to be, and Jordan Hare is a very, very good environment. This is going to be a massive, massive test just to get a, get used to this, get used to this hostile environment, get the young players acclimated, and you know, let's just hope that there is not any crazy momentum swinging play like a pick six or something just ridiculous. You know, where you're left shaking your head, and it gives Auburn that that chance to keep it close or keep it keep themselves in the game. I am going Georgia minus fourteen and a half. But I, am, I, I don't feel – yeah, I know now, but we got it at 14 and a half. No, we didn't. Um, that's, the, that's what you sent me today. Um, but regardless of number, it doesn't matter to me because I really when it comes down to it, 15 and a half, 14 and a half really doesn't mean anything to me. If it were 17, that would mean something to me. Um, but regardless, I, I'll take Georgia in this one, but I, I'm scared to death of it. Not because I don't think they're going to win. I just I, – I don't know. On the road, I'm just not ready to crown them – you know, to go out and blow out a team, you know, on the road in a hostile environment. It's not like it's, you know, South Carolina. So now if JT Daniels was in there, I'd feel much more confident uh, and much more comfortable because I, I think we wouldn't hold back throwing the football. And I think we'd be able to pick them apart even on the road. And, uh, you know, we'd have that perfect 50, 50 run pass option going and boom, I think we'd be able to put up 35, you know, maybe even, you know, 35 points. And, you know, I don't think they're going to be able to get close to 20. So, um, I think this game is going to be the first one that gets to 21. Uh, probably we'll, we'll, we'll get the win. Uh, I'll go Georgia in this one, but, um, you know, it does scare the bejesus out of me. Well, so far we are lockstep, even if we're getting to our answers in different ways. So we'll see if this next one shakes us up a little bit. The Boise State Broncos heading to Provo, Utah to take on the number 10 BYU Cougars. That game is at 3.30 Eastern time on ABC. BYU is quietly one of the uh, top 10 teams in the nation and, and one of the better looking teams. They are undefeated, though there are some potential frauds, I think, that are sitting there undefeated that have yet to be exposed. I don't know if this BYU team is one of them. They are favored at home by, uh, what did we get it at, six? No, five and a half. We got it at five and a half. It has moved to six now. Uh, so here's the thing. Boise State is sitting at two and three uh, on the season so far. I don't think that that's necessarily a product of them playing poor as much as them playing hard opponents. BYU, to go to Provo this year has been a- an issue for teams. They've only had the one, uh, and honestly, they're, they're, they're putting up double-digit wins against everybody. But at home, they've, they've really handled business. Um, those Mormons are getting, the, the Mormon fan base is getting uh, really behind BYU and getting pretty crazy um, as as uh, on uh, that Dr. Pepper they get a raucous environment. Um, it's hard to go up towards that elevation. I, I, Provo is a higher sea level than uh, Boise State. I'm pretty much just trying to give myself a good reason for saying that BYU is going to cover this, but I do think they cover this ultimately. I just think that 
Boise State's good. They're just not all the way there. And I think BYU, we kind of underestimated them coming into the season. They lost a lot of talent. Zach Wilson, the number one, uh, you know, of those talents to leave. Um, and I, we thought that they'd take a step back. And I don't know if they have necessarily. I think that you could potentially be looking at an undefeated BYU at the end of the season and you're going, what do we do with them? And I think they need this win. I think they know that. And I'm going to go BYU minus the five and a half at home. They get it done. Double digit win. Book it. Already penciled that in for you. I knew where you were going from the get go. And doesn't this line just just stand Steak. out as what in the world's going yes yeah 100% i have i've i've liked BYU most of the season and been riding them most of the season uh and and I, why why do i get off the bandwagon now listen you you hit on it it is a tough place to play that is a BYU has a great home field advantage and and i look for them to utilize that to their advantage here B- Boise State looks to be very down i mean listen yeah, they went on the road first game of the season to UCF. They were up big, and they blew it. And we've now seen UCF doesn't look like a great team. Um, you know, obviously they lost to Oklahoma State, who's playing better than most people thought they might be. Uh, but they're two and three, and and I think the 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 outlook on the season just doesn't look very good for them right now. So why is it only five and a half? I I, I don't understand that. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm no no sense in getting off this BYU team. They're going to play physical. They've got a good running game. They can throw the ball as well. Um, really like their quarterback. And 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 I just don't know if Boise State has the weapons this year to go on the road into an environment uh, like like Provo and pull off this upset. So give me BYU minus five and a half. But boy, this one, it does reek, doesn't it? It stinks, just as, as you say. It out loud stinks. All right, let's talk about the number 19 Wake Forest Demon Deacons. This is not a team we typically pick from week to week, but they're on our board now twice because they are undefeated. Uh, they are going to the Carrier Dome to take on the Syracuse Orange. That game is at 3.30 Eastern time on ESPN2. Syracuse, the home dog, getting six points. Um, Wake Forest, let's, let's examine them really quickly. Wins over Old Dominion, Norfolk State, FSU, UVA, Louisville. Now, they've covered in two of those. They have not covered the spread in uh, three of them. Syracuse, on the other hand, is sitting at three and two on the season. They've covered in four of their games, uh, Ohio, Rutgers, Albany, Liberty, and FSU. So FSU, this is this is kind of taking you through my rationale a little bit, Pierce. FSU is their one common opponent. Syracuse lost by three. Wake Forest beat them by 21. The difference, of course, Syracuse had to go down to FSU. All of that says take Wake Forest. My head take, says take Wake Forest. They're, they've got the hot hand. Uh, Sam Hartman's playing very well. Syracuse uh, has not looked great the past few seasons. Um, I don't think I can really – I don't really love the numbers Garrett Schrader's putting up. And Dino Babers is, is kind of on it. I think, just kind of coasting by at Syracuse until he gets fired. That being said – I think the Carrier Dome is a tough place to play. I don't believe in this Wake Forest team. Ultimately, they are going to get tripped up eventually. I just think six points is too much for them to take care of on the road. I do think they win. I just think it's closer than that. Uh, Syracuse has with um, – well, they they lost it by 10 to Rutgers, but they, they held close to FSU, and that was on the road. I think they're coming home. It was an emotional loss, and I think that they are able to at least keep this one close as well, uh, maybe a backdoor cover type situation. So I'm going to go Syracuse in this one, even though all of the numbers and all of the logic say to take the hot hand with Wake Forest. I can't do it. I'm taking Syracuse. 
Uh, that's great logic there. I uh, I was hoping that you were going to wake for us, and this would be my area to kind of kind of get you. Um, and I, and and to be quite honest with you, it wasn't because I'm on Syracuse. It's just because I was going to be different here. The smart pick here is Syracuse. Heavy heavy public favorite on Wake Forest. You're right. I, I think the Carrier Dome is a sneaky tough place to play. Um, and and while Syracuse is not looking great this year uh top to bottom they look at they did beat liberty that was a great win that was at home um you know liberty's a pretty good squad and 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 listen who's to say they're not going to win outright here against wake forest um i could see them getting up and playing really well in this game um you miss you mentioned it garrett schrader obviously if he has a big game who's not to say they can't win but i can't get off the bandwagon of my boy ryan hartman Obviously, uh, most people don't know him yet. He's a pretty daggum good weapon under center there uh, for the Demon Deacons. And 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 don't forget now. Remember, he's the reason Jamie Newman left and came to Georgia. He was the one that was he was gonna beat out Jamie Newman if Jamie Newman decided to stay at Wake. Um, so this kid's no slouch. I think he puts up big numbers. I love what Wake's doing. I don't. This is. It seems like it would be. I don't think this is where they get tripped up. Um, I'm hoping they can finally cover that seven. Listen, they didn't cover for me last week against Louisville, but Louisville, I think we're seeing is actually a pretty darn good football team. And when Malik Cunningham does his thing, they are darn good. Um, so I'm going to go wake here. I think they do get this done by a touchdown or more. Demon Deacons minus six. All right, there you go. Their first disagreement of the board it comes at the halfway mark. We'll see if this next. Well, it's one... a layup for you. That's going to be money for you. I, that's where I'm going to lose. What'd you do? You just you picked. Want. You just picked the di- different one, so we'd have a differing pick. No, 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 no. You did the right thing by not going Wake and going Syracuse, and me being dumb and sticking with my uh, my gut instead of my brains. Hey, if the if the hand is hot. Keep rolling with it. You don't leave a, a, a hot table. Isn't that the rule in Vegas? You stay on the hot table? That is true. All right, there you go. All right, let's talk about the best matchup of the weekend, and that is the number four Penn State Nittany Lions going to take on the number three Iowa Hawkeyes. Ooh, boy have uh, boy have mercy. <laughs> Whatever. Boy, howdy. That's what I was trying to say. Boy, howdy. I didn't think this matchup would be as monumental as it's going to shape up to be um, both of these teams undefeated, obviously, and this is a major one for uh, both the implications for playoff type situation, but also for the Big Ten um, more immediately. Here's the situation. This is basically a pick We locked it in, and it still is sitting at Iowa at home minus one and a half. You've got Sean Clifford, who's playing a lot better this season than he has. Though I still don't trust him. My, my, my past being burned by him does not allow me to trust him fully. Iowa, on the other hand, has, has been kind of eh on offense until last week. But their defense has always been strong, remains super strong. Penn State, on the other hand, defense is always kind of eh. Uh, so it, it, I think ultimately what it comes down to, and I think we're probably going to be the same here, but you know, you might shock me. I have to go Iowa in this one. It, the line is too close, and I think Iowa wins the game. They're at home. The fans are going to be fired up. What else do you have to live for in Iowa? Uh, you know, it, it's corn and football. Faith, corn, and football, I believe, is how they say it in the Midwest. Uh, so I think Iowa is just going to be fired up. Penn State has a big win. Has a – well – I would say a bigger win, but that's not necessarily true. Although Indiana and Iowa State, the jury's still out on them. But Penn State has has the bigger win between these two, obviously having Auburn come to them and win. Um, 
I just think that 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 Iowa's defense is going to force Sean Clifford into some bad situations, and I think that they get it done. I think that we're seeing the return of defense to college football, at least if just for a shining moment. It kind of felt like if you don't have a good offense, you're not going to win in uh, college football. I think we're seeing that bite back a little bit. It's the year of the defense, so I'm going to roll with Iowa in this one. The line, like I said, it's pretty it's pretty low, uh, and I think that they win. It's going to be very close. I expect this to be a very fun game. Watch me say that, and it'll be a blowout. But uh, I'm going to go Iowa in, this, Iowa in this one because it's such a, 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 a low line. And they're at home, so I'm going with them. Give me the hot. Well, guys. yeah, and here here's something interesting, and and I'm not sure. I'm not looking uh, right now to see what this opened at, but you know, it, at, at minus one and a half or two, um, you know, essentially what that's saying is that on neutral field, Penn State would be the favorite. So pretty wild to me, considering Penn State is is what four and I was three, and considering what I was done, um, you know, listen. Penn State had that close game with Wisconsin, which isn't looking so great anymore. Uh, and, and then Auburn, who the jury's still out, but I don't know how great they're going to be at the end of the season. And it was at home. So, uh, you know, I think the jury is still out on Penn State. Listen, Clifford has been a settling presence, kind of figured out how to uh, utilize his feet, how to kind of get out of the pocket and and really do some good things. Obviously has one of maybe one of the, maybe the best weapon um, on the outside and in, in, in Jahan Dotson. Um, they struggle to run the ball, and that scares me a little bit in this one. But here's here's where things are interesting, okay? On the flip side of things, Iowa has greatly benefited from turnovers and and turn, you know, having short fields to go in on, or heck, just even having their defense score the points for them. Their offense isn't all that great. It's just simply not. Um, they've got a decent running game, and their quarterback really hasn't been asked to do a whole heck of a lot. If Penn State somehow limits the turnovers, and by limits I mean really doesn't have a turnover in this game, where's Iowa? Where are Iowa's points going to come from? This, I, no joke. I think the the first team to get to ten here might win. Uh, you, when you look at it statistically, Iowa ranks the uh, uh, second in the country with allow on defense, only allowing ten point I think eight a game, and and Penn State's third. So both have great defenses. I think the edge here ultimately comes down to the lack of running game from Penn State and Iowa being able to kind of feast um, on creating havoc plays with uh, attacking Clifford and and making some have hoping he makes some bad decisions and then ultimately being at home. Kinnick's a really difficult place to play. It's at night. That place will be rocking. So give me Iowa minus one and a half. But if Penn State can limit their turnovers to zero or maybe even only one, they've got all the chance in the world to pull up to, to win this one and come out looking really nice moving forward. Yeah, certainly both of these teams are going to be fired up and ready. Uh, probably, not probably, the biggest matchup for both of them. Uh, remind me, Iowa, are they in the uh, east or the west? I, n- I don't know with those. The, those uh, I know Penn State's 10, the for east. For whatever reason. I feel like Iowa's I, in the west. I don't think, I think Iowa's in the west because I believe these two teams could face again. Okay, so, because I was about to ask if they have Ohio State this year or not. Uh, I'm going to do a quick google search i believe you're correct they are west of course of uh, yeah they are in the west so they could play again this could be the first of two yep. matchups i don't think it will be i think ohio state will be penn state but hey we'll see all right the number nine michigan wolverines as uh is is as is whatever and the nebraska Cornhuskers. that game is at 7 30 eastern time on abc uh nebraska 
has quietly been better this season, Pierce. We kind of wrote them off uh, after the first game of the season, their loss to Illinois. I haven't paid much attention to them. They have dropped two other games as well. Uh, They had to go to uh, Nebraska. Not Nebraska. They are Nebraska. They had to go to Oklahoma. Sorry, I got a work email that distracted me all of a sudden. Uh, <laughs> they have to go to Oklahoma, and they lost that game. Then they had to go to Michigan State. They lo- they took that game to double, or not double, just one overtime, but they lost that game, but a close one versus a decent uh, Sparty team. Michigan sitting at 5-0, and oh, but really haven't played anybody. Yes, they beat Wisconsin last week, but Wisconsin doesn't look good. They beat Rutgers uh, at home, but only by a touchdown. Uh, then they have wins over Northern Illinois and Western Michigan, and then they blew out Washington at home, but Washington doesn't look good either. Nebraska at home is picking up. What did we get this at? Picking up three, three and, and a half, half, three and a half, which honestly I'd have expected that to be a little bit more, quite frankly. I'm not sure what it opened at. Um, Nebraska, I, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm taking Nebraska in this one. I think that they, like I said, they've quietly gotten better. Um, I think, the best thing that could have happened for them was to be written off at the first, you know, pl- first game of the season because they haven't had the pressure behind them. Um, I, I think that we were waiting for Michigan to get exposed. I gave high praise to Cade McNamara in our recap podcast from week five, but they have to travel again to Nebraska, which is, um, I believe, better than Wisconsin this year. Those two teams haven't played yet. Maybe I'll look like a buffoon later on in the season when they do play. But I just think that Wisconsin is vastly overrated uh, at this point in the season. Michigan hasn't really been tested. I don't think Nebraska is this high-caliber team necessarily. I just think that this is the best opportunity that Michigan has to potentially get upset or at least be played super closely I don't really love Nebraska's defense, but their offense has been putting up some pretty good numbers. Um, Adrian Martinez is looking better with each game. Um, I just think that you've got two coaches who were feeling the pressure, and I just, for some reason, am leaning Scott Frost in this one. You know, you've got the home field advantage of it being in Lincoln. Um, and I, like I said, I just think I think Nebraska is probably the best bet that that Michigan has to really get tested. Michigan might squeeze this one out, um, but I, I'm going to go M- Nebraska plus the three and a half because one that'd be fun, and two I I think it's just a matter of time until Michigan gets exposed. And why can't it be Nebraska that exposes them? So give me Nebraska plus the points. I'm I'm with you on this one. We're we're in lockstep tonight. Wow. Uh, kind of. It scares me a little bit. Uh, but yeah, we'll lose every well, single I guess one of these. It more scares me for you because you've been doing well the last couple of weeks, and I've been been struggling a little bit. But I like Nebraska in this spot. I mean, you're right. We we are looking for Michigan to have that big letdown spot. Now, you know, a lot would also turn that around and say, well, what about Nebraska? They they you know just when you think they might be looking up, they let you down there. Um, it's a little different type of letdown, but. Um, you know, this Michigan team, you're, you're right. Nebraska's defense, especially their run defense, scares me a lot. Um, I think they give up something like 230 yards of on the ground to their opposing teams each game. That's dangerous against this Michigan squad, who I think you got to make them throw the ball. You have to make McNamara throw the ball. That's where they're going to be in trouble. When they can't run the ball and they have to do it through the air, how are they going to put up points? I don't think they're going to be able to, quite frankly. So can Nebraska do that effectively or often enough in order to force, uh, you know, force the hand of Michigan and force McNamara to step back and throw it 25 plus times a game? 
On the flip side, though, I do think this Nebraska team will pose a few problems. They'll run a bunch of RPOs, uh, you know, with Adrian Martinez. And when you look at it outside of that Nebraska or that Illinois loss where, you know, quite frankly, if they just had a, a punter and a kicker, they would have uh, they should have probably pulled that game out. Uh, they probably would have been on top. And then you look at their other two losses, a three point loss against Michigan State. Michigan State's proven that they're a pretty darn good ball club this year. And then what a six point loss to uh, to Oklahoma um, or, or maybe it was even inside that. It, regardless, it was closer, um, you know, closer than just a blowout loss that you typically see at the hands of Oklahoma. I like this Nebraska team. I think they're I think they're poised and ready. And and listen, I know that after Illinois game, they were a lot of people were thinking, oh, boy, here he goes. Frost is done after this year. This is it. Like you can't lose that that type of game. And quietly, they've started to kind of turn things around a little bit. And they're looking for that marquee win that big win to hang their hats on and go, okay, let's buy in. We're believing this. We're seeing, you know, the, the fruits of our, our labor, you know, the effort we're putting in is finally paying off. Um, and so I think they're going to be able to do that at home. Uh, if certainly if this was in the big house, it would scare me a little bit more to, back in Nebraska, but at the hook of three and a half, I will take Nebraska. Um, and I do, I kind of like them outright. Wow. Well, that certainly would potentially, not potentially, I believe that would 100% save Scott Frost's job if you have a number nine Michigan uh, who falls to a Nebraska team that was quite ready, lining it up to fire you um, when the season started. So, hey, I will be tuning in to that one. All right. The number 14 Notre Dame Fighting Irish going to Blacksburg to take on the Virginia Tech Hokies. That game is at 7.30 Eastern time on the ACC Network. I'm going to just go ahead and say it. This is my favorite play of the week. Virginia Tech, home dogs, one point. Lock it up. Are you kidding me? Notre Dame last week did not look good at home versus Cincinnati. Now, I believe the Cincinnati team is very talented. I also think that if you can't get it done at home, and you have to go to your backup quarterback, who also is not good, who lost out to Jack Cohn, who looked bad. There's a reason he lost out to Jack Cohn, who, oh, mind you, had to transfer from Wisconsin because Graham Mertz beat him out, and now we know how Graham Mertz looks. So, Jack Cohn, what were you doing in Wisconsin? Virginia Tech is one of the most hostile environments to play in. It's a night game. Inner Sandman's going to be rocking. I, I, Pierce, bucket list item, I think we've talked about this. Bucket list item is I will want, I want to see a home game at night with Inter Sandman in Blacksburg. That looks so fun. Um, Notre Dame is going to be, I believe, shell-shocked in this one. Um, I like Virginia Tech. I like Virginia Tech heavy. Um, and the fact that they're, I mean, so it's a one point, but still they're getting points in this one. Give me the Hokies. I think that they are going to beat Notre Dame by double digits. Um, I'm taking the Hokies all day long. Yeah, this is a spot that just seems uh, too good to be true. Uh, listen, I like what Virginia Tech has uh, done thus far. You know, they, they certainly, that loss to West Virginia was tough uh, for them, but you know, they fought hard and they came back and they, they showed some moxie. I, I, I like what Braxton Burmeister has done. Um, they have another backup. Uh, gosh, I'm trying to remember his. Oh, no, never mind. Wrong team. But yeah, no, I like what Braxton Burmeister has done the transfer from Oregon. Uh, and, and I love them at home. Listen, on the road, are, are they a, are they a top two or three ACC team? No, but I, I certainly think they are better than uh, what people give them credit for this year. And at home, like you said, I mean, is there a more hostile environment? That place is going to be rocking. 
and 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 certainly got to feel okay if you're Notre Dame because of your defense coming in. It's the one thing you can hang your hat on. I just don't know where they're going to to get points from in this game. Virginia Tech has a pretty darn good defense um, when it, when it comes when you boil it down and being at home with that crowd noise. You saw what they did to to UNC, and and it might be much of the same as if you remember that very first week. What did UNC do, uh, or, or or the lack thereof, which caused so much so much problems? It was literally they couldn't block anybody from Virginia Tech. Sam Howell was running for his life. Notre Dame is in the same boat. Their their offensive line, for whatever reason, is just not what we're used to. And that you're seeing some weird things too. Brian Kelly has not named a starting QB this week. That's very strange. I don't think it benefits either quarterback not to know who's starting. Um, I think that might be because. You know, Pine might p- provide a little bit more athleticism to get out of the pocket in scrambling situations, uh, but I think they'd rather put Cone in there. I think they, there's a comfort level with him. Uh, but but they're only averaging 80 yards of rushing on the ground this season, and and that's where they thought they'd be able to kind of uh, make their make their hay would be running the football and then some play action passes with Cone and just kind of you know plot down the field. That hasn't been the case, so I don't know where Notre Dame's going to get this. I think this will be a pretty ugly game, uh, top to bottom, pretty low scoring. Uh, but I like Virginia Tech at home in that raucous uh, environment uh, to get a big win over Notre Dame, and I think you'll finally start to see what I've been saying uh, for the last seven, eight weeks. This Notre Dame team is just not that good this year. We agree on that one. We'll see if the next two will have us disagreeing at all. LSU and the number 16 Kentucky Wildcats in Lexington. That game is at 7.30 Eastern time on the SEC Network. LSU looking not great last week. Kentucky looking good last week. Uh, Granted, the final scores might prove a little bit differently, or at least with Kentucky. It was, it was an ugly game versus Florida, but it was a Florida squad that uh, they had to go down to the swamp to play. Or, sorry, so this, they came up to Lexington, I should say, uh, and won that game. But they're riding really high in Lexington. LSU, on the other hand, is absolutely licking their wounds, losing to Auburn at home for the first time since 1999. We got that one at minus three and a half for Kentucky. Um, here's the situation. I don't think Max Johnson's all that bad of a QB. I think he's fine. I don't think he'd be a starter at a lot of places in the SEC, but he's he's decent at LSU. The problem is they don't have any type of run game uh, to be able to balance it out. You know that he's going to throw every single time. So far, they're averaging 66 yards rushing a game. That's not good people in case you don't know football that's that's not good at all I mean I can I even I as somebody who doesn't know X's and O's of the defense can tell you go ahead and get ready for a pass Uh, Kentucky is a ground and pound type team they're not going to necessarily throw it too much they love to be more mobile they're going to eat up clock uh, and then they're just going to try to win in the trenches the other part of that is LSU is not good on defense Um, we got news today I believe and, and he's been out already, but Derek Stingley uh, is out for indefinitely, probably for the rest of the season. Uh, that certainly hurts them when he's their best defensive player uh, to not get him back in a spot like this. I'm going Kentucky. I'm going Kentucky big. I, I, I think that Kentucky's not the type of team to blow teams out, and I don't think they blow LSU out here, but I think ultimately I don't see enough from LSU to think they're going to keep this one close on the road. Um, and, and Kentucky is... I think pretty good this year. Now they have to go up against the buzzsaw that is Georgia's defense uh, later on. Uh, I think actually, oh, sorry, next week. So you could potentially get put in a situation where it's a little bit of a look ahead situation, which scares me a little bit. That being said, 
I cannot ride with LSU in this game. Kentucky, like I said, has been covering spreads, and I think that this is too low for them. I think that they, they it should be uh, higher than this. So I'm going to go Kentucky minus the points all day long. This is another very, very stinky line, in my opinion. I uh, I think your last, uh, your kind of closing statement there was was key. I mean, this is a as big of a sandwich spot as you can get. You got an LSU team coming off a loss last week at home to Auburn, where they gave up the lead. They were leading basically the whole game. You know, the fans started leaving. You know, while it was a close game, and and you know. You know, now Derek Stingley Jr. had surgery on his uh, on his foot today. He's out for the rest of the year. So, you know, it just seems grim for LSU. Kentucky coming off one of the biggest wins of their program history. You know, Georgia's next week. They're looking at it going, golly, if we can get past this one, we realistically could end the season with only one loss. That's the sign of a team that's looking ahead, and it scares the bejesus out of me. With all that being said, I'm going to rely on the Kentucky Wildcats offense to hold the ball, play clock management, you know, long drives, long drawn-out drives, and keep Max Johnson off the field. Listen, I think Kentucky's defense uh, is good enough to shut down Max Johnson, but I'm, I wouldn't also be surprised to see Max Johnson you know, have success through the air and actually maybe have a better game than maybe people might, might think he would have this week. Um, their problem is they can't run the football. And they're going to struggle, um, you know, without a great running game to run at all against Kentucky. So I, I, they're going to be one dimensional. That's never a great recipe. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Max Johnson to, to really light it up for whatever reason. It's just it's sticking out to me this week. Um, I think they'll play a little bit more motivated. And, uh, you know, certainly Kentucky, um, you need a big performance from your crowd again. And, and, and you need everybody to be locked in uh, next week does not matter. Uh, and if they can do that and, and play clock management, um, they should be able to eke this one out. The three and a half does scare me a little bit, but I'm thinking, you know, a seven point game is probably uh, most likely. So give me Kentucky and in, uh, in what could be a nail biter. All right. Well, our last game of the week is the Alabama Crimson Tide going to College Station to take on the Texas A&M Aggies. Uh, you know, this might only be the second most embarrassing thing to happen to A&M when they get murdered by Alabama at home. The, the first, of course, being this bizarre video from Midnight Yell that uh, is blowing up social media today. If you've not seen that, I'll uh, tweet it over on bragging rights um it, it kind of was perfect i saw a sports writer here or actually he's a, he's a radio host here in atlanta and he said you know i had a i, I thought it'd be kind of cool to, to attend midnight yell when georgia goes to college station for the first time in a few years and uh, now i'm rethinking that uh, absolutely very interesting video i'll put it that way um that being said, I'm going to preemptively call a murder on this one. The line is 17 and a half, which is a lot, but Alabama's elite, elite teams cover. Texas A&M, not good. Uh, quarterback situation with Zach Calzada, not good. Um, they are uh, – do you remember, Pierce, back at SEC Media Days when Jimbo Fisher was uh, quoted as saying that he was going to beat Nick Saban's ass this year, and then Nick Saban was asked about it, and he said, in what, golf? Um, and that was a fantastic line. Nick Saban remembers that, um, and and Nick Saban's going to show no mercy in this one. I think that Alabama covers that 17.5-point spread, even though it's on the road, um, incredibly well. Uh, yes, it is in College Station, though I did hear an interesting um, 
tidbit. I can't remember what, who I was listening to when they talked about this. They said that playing in Texas A&M actually isn't that hard to do because although they have all of these um, coordinated yells and things of that nature, there's no ebbs and flow of the noise. So it kind of just feels like a buzz in the background. I thought that was a really interesting um, – yeah, I thought that, that was interesting. really interesting to, to hear from a player that said, you know, it's actually not that hostile of an environment because it's, you kind of get used to it because it's just always ever present uh, as opposed to the, the teams that, uh, you know, kind of ebb and flow. And so it's it's quiet and then all of a sudden it's really loud. Um, games at 8.30 Eastern time on CBS. Uh, I, I think that, like I said, preemptively calling a murder on this one. Um, and, and if Bryce Young wants to win the Heisman, this is the kind of thing where he can, he can put up a highlight or two uh, to get that done. Give me Alabama minus anything in this one. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, this is, uh, you know, it's so weird how lo- in lockstep it seems like this Alabama and Georgia team have been thus far. You know, it seems like the talking heads uh, on the na- in the national media are always saying it's Alabama this, Georgia that. You know, these are the two top teams, yada, yada. And now you get two games again this week, similar to last week, where they're big favorites. And you go, what am I supposed to make of this? Are they really just that good? Or do I think they have the uh, potential to slip up? And 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 I don't know yet. I, I, that's I think the one thing we're still trying to figure out with these teams is are they elite enough to just go in and and blow out every team? Now you saw Florida obviously was able to keep it close with Alabama and give them a scare. You know, is 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 the same going to be true for Georgia? Really, 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 really want to uh, to back A and M getting this point these this many points. I think that their defense, you know, I look for them to have a motivated effort. But you're right. Listen, at the end of the day, I, I think that playing at Florida and getting that experience for Bryce Young and this offense is going to be very, very important in this one. They're not going to be nervous about it, um, regardless of how raucous you know people think it is or not. Uh, but that is an interesting thing you bring up. I, it does kind of make sense. Um, I never thought of it in that way. But at the end of the day, I just think that they're going to go in and it's going to be very workmanlike. A&M's defense was the one thing that I think people thought was going to be top-notch this year, and it just really hasn't been um, for for one reason or another. I don't really know what that reason is. Maybe they're just not just not as good. Maybe the talent we thought was going to be talented, they're just not quite as talented as we thought, um, and that's fine. Uh, but listen, it's more about what Texas A&M can't do offensively. They can't score, and they're not going to score against this team. They might get a couple big runs, which wouldn't surprise me, you know, with Spiller or um, A-Chain. I think that's their only path to scoring, to be quite honest. I, I just think this Calzada kid is 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 unfortunately just not, not going to be able to do it at this level. Um, so I, I got to go Bama here. Uh, I wish I could take the uh, the big underdog at home, but I can't. I just can't do it this week. So give me Alabama minus 17 and a half. All right, well, quietly, the most important game for the week for us is the Wake Forest-Syracuse one because it'll determine who wins our week's pick uh, Not a ton of uh, differing differing opinions on this one, but like I said, we got to our answers in different ways. It's kind of like a math class. As long as you show your work, we don't care how you got there. Just uh, get to the right answer. All right, it's time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. It's time for Pierce's easy-peasy picks. This is, of course, where he tells you the money, where the money is this week. Some of the games might be things we've already covered, but he's going to bring you into a little bit more from the gambling perspective, and some things might be new. Uh, nevertheless, Pierce, take us through where the money is this week. Got three picks again this week, uh, back-to-back, one in two weeks. Certainly not ideal. Let's try and get back to 500 and even above with a big week this week. Zoned in, tried to take uh, maybe some less, less, uh, you know, go with some outside outside games. Um, there were a few that I highlighted. Certainly be on the lookout for any updates or anything on that on the uh, Twitter 
uh, because I, I would like to, you know, listen, these fact of the matter is I, I let these plays, these games brew all weekend in my mind. And then ultimately what I have Saturday is sometimes different than my picks this week, um, you know, or I'll take one off. I never go anything different, but I'll take them off. But I've identified three this week that I really like. First and foremost, we've already covered this one. Ole Miss minus six over Arkansas. Listen, this is just the fact of the matter. Ole Miss can score points. Arkansas fails, struggles to score points. I think Ole Miss is going to play very motivated after what they what Arkansas was able to do to them last year. Corral, uh, you know, six picks last year on the road in Fayetteville. And, and, and there's a story I read that Corral actually uh, stopped partying and stopped doing stuff after that game because he realized I need to I need to start taking this very seriously. He got embarrassed that game. It's been on his mind for a full year. Uh, it's also been on Kiffin's. I think they come out and they're able to put up just more points than Arkansas. I think Arkansas will be able to do some things defensively, um, and I like what they'll be able to do on the line of scrimmage, but they just won't be able to keep up with Ole Miss's offense and how motivated they're going to be coming off this win. So give me Ole Miss my six. Second, West Virginia plus three over Baylor. Listen, Baylor's a great story and all. They play pretty good defense, but where where are they going to get their points? They've been getting it on the ground. Um, Yes, they are at home, which certainly helps them. But I think this West Virginia team uh, comes in here and and getting the three, I think they – get the job done uh you know certainly if uh, you get an opportunity to take it at three and a half i would do that but i like west virginia in this game i do think they get the the upset win here i just think that they'll be able to score a little bit more on this baylor team uh baylor does pose a little bit of a it is a tougher environment than most people would think um you know and I, but i think a lot of people are, are looking at it going man you know oklahoma state they, they were right in that game oklahoma on the road uh, and, and I think they're going to be a little bit overvalued here despite coming off the loss. And I like what Jared, Garrett Daggy, Jared Daggy has done, um, and they have a backup who can also run. They've got a bye next week, so this is they've labeled this as a must-win. They're going to be highly motivated. I think they go in and get this upset over Baylor. And last but not least, a game we covered, but I'm going with a different pick than one of the sides. Notre Dame-Virginia Tech. Let's go under 47.5 here. Listen, we outlined it. Both these offenses aren't all that explosive. When you look at what Notre Dame has done, yes, they put up some points, but it's been against very poor teams. They had two games at home against better defensive uh, units, Purdue, which they only scored 13, and Cincinnati, which they only scored, oh, I'm sorry, 24 against Purdue, I believe it was, 13 against Cincinnati, lower scoring games. Now they go on the road in one of the more hostile environments in college football, and they got. can you expect them to get over 13 i'm not sure and on the flip side listen i like burmeester he certainly can can make dynamic plays but notre dame also has a very good defense and they'll be able to hang their hat on that i think you're looking at you know a 24 21 24 17 type of game um so really like this under of notre dame virginia tech under 47 and a half um Let's ride them this week. We need to get back. Let's cash those tickets. All right. Hey, I, I got one if you're feeling pretty ballsy. Tennessee at home, minus 10.5 for South Carolina. Uh, that game, granted, South Carolina could very easily give Tennessee a run for the money, but they're going to be in all black. It's at uh, high noon there on, I believe, on ESPN. But uh, regardless, I think that that could be a really ballsy one. I think that they finally are clicking with Hendon Hooker, so – That might be one that I might tease a little bit of money on. Who knows? All right, that's going to do it for our Week 6 preview. As always, if you're not subscribed to us wherever you're listening to this podcast, go ahead and do it. It's free, and it means you'll never miss an episode. Follow us on social media at Pod across both Twitter and Instagram. Like our, uh, like, give us five stars, like our podcast, do all the things to help us grow. We really appreciate your support. We'll be back next week with our usual preview or recap, then preview of next week's slate. But until then, I'm Madison. And I'm Pierce. Stay blessed, y'all.